Welcome back to another episode of Sales Transformation brought to you by Bleedium. In today's episode, we have Jay Webb, the mastermind of the Goats of Growth podcast. Jay joins us to discuss the importance of hiring for right stage fit and how it impacts sales success. So let's dive in. Colin, over to you. All right, welcome back to another episode of Sales Transformation brought to you by Ledium. And today we've got a special guest. We've got Jay Webb back on the show. He's the mastermind of the Goats of Growth podcast. He specializes in connecting top revenue leaders and he has an upcoming book diving into their success stories. Jay, great to have you back on the show. How you doing? Hey, Colin, good to see you again. Thanks, man. Thanks for having me back on. Yeah, appreciate it. You know, last time we talked about a uh, pretty important topic, hiring revenue leaders. We you know, covered uh, some of the differences of that revenue leader that's you know, early stage versus that revenue leader that's you know, take you to the next level of growth, how to know, um, you know when you need to find that next revenue leader, and some, uh, tactics, some tips also for hiring your first revenue leader. So lots of good information in there. If you missed the first episode with Jay, make sure you go check it out. The link is in the show notes. Um, Jay, for those who maybe didn't catch the first episode, just give them a quick background on on you and a little bit of your sales story. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you. So I've been recruiting go-to-market people, which that's sales, marketing, and customer success for the last 16 years. Primary customers are companies that are between 200, call it 20 to 200 employees, uh, all tech companies. And um, right now, uh, you know, a lot of what I do is help revenue leaders which is what we talked about on the last episode, uh, help companies find revenue leaders um, uh, at various stages of, of growth. Yeah, awesome. So you've been doing this for a little while. <laughs> yeah, 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 for sure. Yep, um, for sure. Curious before we dive in today's topic, right? So today we're going to talk about something that you refer to as hiring for right stage fit. Um, but just curious, in your time of recruiting go-to-market leaders, you know, sales marketing, customer success, what are some things that you've seen, you know, recently change? Yeah, well, I think change well, for changing. I, I would say that, which to me is a is a good thing, which is that people are certainly more apt to hire individuals who don't necessarily have a uh, a four year degree. Right. Which I think is important. I remember when I first started out, like way back in the dark ages, 16 years ago, companies wanted former athletes or college athletes. And they wanted people that had four year degrees because they wanted people in a lot of a lot of cases at sales. They wanted them to be competitive and they wanted them <laughs> to have the polish, if you will, that I believe or they believed that people with four years or four year degrees um, would have. Um, but just over the years, that's changed a lot lately where individual companies who are hiring people, individual contributors aren't looking for, um, you know, the college athlete necessarily, although, of course, it's great or somebody who's a four year degree. They're not not looking for it, but they're not making a priority on it um, for sure. But one of the mistakes that I've seen folks make that I believe stifles growth and stifles the ability of a company to really get from point A to point B, call it from whatever, right? Like 2 million to 10 million and, and so forth is the over-indexing on domain expertise, mm. right? Like that when you are a company that's selling data and analytics, as an example, or, you know, at this point, everybody's talking about artificial intelligence, right? Yeah. Like there, if you're a category disruptor, 
if you're someone who is selling something that's, um, you know, when you need to evangelize a particular product or a solution, and frankly, a lot of people that are coming to market are, right? Or they have some sort of a better mousetrap or they're doing something differently or they're repositioning their products through a new market or whatever, then domain expertise can only go so far because the industry is only but so old or the solution that they're selling is only but so old. And what you need people to have more so than domain expertise is a lot of the soft skills that I think people overlook, right? And, you know, the biggest thing that I look for that I recommend people look for is curiosity as a, as a soft skill, right? Because when you're curious and you are in a new market or you're, sell, you're selling to a new market or you're bringing to market a new product, you need people who are curious enough to ask the questions that need to be asked to educate themselves on all kinds of things, the persona, the market, the message, um, and sort of how to align those things. And I talked about this a little bit on the, la on the last episode, but you know, a curious leader will be curious enough to look into the data, look at the information, figure out why something is broken or why something is even working. A lot of times people don't even ask why something is working. They only ask why when something is broken, right? So from an individual perspective as well, I think people that have domain expertise ask why less because they come to the table with a certain point of view and a certain um, mindset of how they believe that their market will react to the product or the custom, how certain customers are going to respond either because mm -hmm. they've experienced that in their old role or they know the, um, the industry or the space well enough that they just are bringing their own assumptions to it. And those assumptions might be right, but they might not also, they might be wrong. And at some point they're probably going to be wrong because you can't be 100% all of the time. Right? So if you have somebody that is curious, if you're hiring people that are curious, then you're hiring people who come to the table without a point of view, um, but a whole bunch of interest in the subject matter and will roll up their sleeves, spend extra time um, beyond quote unquote work hours, whatever those are, to really figure it out. And I have a perfect example right now. There's a candidate that I'm working with right now who is interviewing with a vice president of sales. He's pretty much at the finish line. When I initially sent the candidate's resume to the uh, CRO, CRO response. So the, the company sells like smart technology, let's just say, right? Mm -hmm. When I sent his resume to the CRO, the CRO responded to me and said, um, so it looks like a telco guy to me. That was it. That was the one line. Mm. And I responded. I said, well, you're missing a lot. Let's talk. <laughs> so we talked maybe 15 minutes or so, 20 minutes. I got him live. And, you know, by the time that discussion was over, not only was he thinking about him for the particular um, market that we were hiring for, but he was also expanding his mind already before he even talked to the candidate about two other uh, markets that they want to sell to. And then, of course, when they got on the phone, uh, the CRO knew exactly what I was talking about. And he did not have any domain expertise. But what he had is he, he, he had all of the curiosity and interest that you need, along with all the other soft skills. In other words, I say that it takes Let's say, let's say it's a seasoned enterprise account executive, right? It takes them 20 years to become a seasoned enterprise sales executive, starting off as BDR and going through mid-market and all this other stuff, right? Those are, throughout the, that time, there are soft skills like qualifying, like asking the right questions, 
polish, professionalism, poise, being able to connect the dots when somebody else might not be be able to connect the dots between two challenging two challenges that a company is having with the solution that you have, with being able to um, evangelize if necessary, with being able to marshal internal resources um, to get the deal done, to just figure it out, right? To be creative and get it all done, right? Those are the things that experience that you get with experience, right? If you have somebody that's curious, smart, conscientious, hardworking, like all that stuff that doesn't show up on a resume. If you have all those things, then guess what that person is going to do? That person is going to dig into the problem that you're having right now, which guess what is hiring, right? And hiring the right person, but then also closing more deals. And this person is going to spend more time and more effort in a, in a, in a, in an enthusiastic way, which I think is important to really get it done. So this person that I alluded to is the telco person hasn't even, doesn't have the job yet. He's already figuring stuff out, right? Mm-hmm. Like talking to a relative that's in the industry tangentially and figuring out where all the bones are buried and all those things, right? And this person's going to do really, really well. He's going to do phenomenal. I just know he is. And there are on the on the flip side, you have people who are industry people who have sold to in in cybersecurity, let's just say for fifteen years or so, right? Who you know, don't necessarily have any of that. And they assume that, and by the way, this could be a startup. We talk about stage fit as well. You might have somebody that's coming at from at scale at a very large uh, cybersecurity company. There's a startup cybersecurity company says, oh, let's hire this person, Jay, because they have cybersecurity experience. And they're going to go in and they're going to fail, not because they don't know the product, but because they don't understand the motion that needs to happen at that level. So I'm going on a little bit there. I feel like I could talk about this forever. You can tell I'm passionate about it, but that's, those are the things that I think are, uh, that are really, I think stifling growth when it comes in some of the mistakes that sales are making when they're hiring. Yeah. Yeah. So some things up a little bit, right? So things that are changing, people aren't necessarily requiring for four year degree anymore. Um, you know, that's becoming more and more common. Um, but I think that the big takeaway there is, you know, be careful to not over index, uh, for domain expertise, right? People, every, every sales leader founder out there always thinks, Oh, what we do is so unique, right? (laughs) And surprise, surprise, it's not that unique. And a lot of times you see this, especially in tech, like, Oh, if you've never sold SaaS before, like we could never consider you as a candidate because SaaS is so unique. And, Surprise, surprise. It's not, you know, um, you know, great example there. Telco person, you know, could be great for a SAS role. Uh, but I want to talk a little bit about something I know you're, you're deeply passionate about, uh, which is hiring for right stage fit. First of all, let's explain what the heck does that even mean? And then I'm sure we'll dive in from there. Yeah. So stage fit is, is basically making sure that the person that you're hiring is at a has has been at a stage or is comfortable with the stage where you as a company are. So if you are have let's call it two million dollars in revenue and you have a couple of BDRs and a sales rep or something and you're looking to hire a sales leader, you're not gonna hire or you should not hire a sales leader that comes from a large category leader. Um, mm-hmm. because that person will just not fit, right? They're not the right stage. They There's so much ambiguity. It's just so much unknown. There's a lack of resources, a lack of brand identity and brand um, you know, knowledge out there in the marketplace where that person is likely 
going to struggle. And you heard me allude to it there too, as well with the individuals as well. You don't want a, for the most part, again, there are examples, but um, for the most part, you don't want somebody who is comfortable being at a very large company and then having them start at a an earlier stage company and really struggling. You have to, if you are going to talk to those people, that's great. You should. I think you should talk, consider people who, for all different kinds of reasons, but you have to make sure that you're vetting them properly to make sure that you're getting the right person and that they are at the right stage. Yeah. Yeah. And I think we talked about this a little bit, um, you know, in the first episode, which we got the show, lo- the link there in the show notes for everybody is, you know, even with sales leaders, right. Making sure that they've, you know, done that one to 10 or whatever, wherever you are, that right stage before. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, I think you mentioned, you know, a lot of times people think hiring somebody who is where they want to go is the right move. And in most, most cases it's not. That's right. Yeah, it's not because at the end of the day, if, if you're hiring someone where you want to go, they are already there. Right. And in their mind, they're already there. You want them to take the journey with you or in frankly bring others along that journey <laughs> as well yeah. right this is the definition of a leader you can't be a leader and be you know so far out as let's say for instance i wanted to run five miles or even a marathon let's just say right which by the way i do neither but if i wanted to i would hope that you know i'm not being paced by the person who ran and won the boston Mar- the most recent boston marathon right and they're running a you know a five minute mile or something like that because that's not that doesn't help me as an individual, it doesn't give me any confidence. It doesn't give me any direction. I wanted somebody that's been out there, you know, a little bit farther, but not too far. And that goes for, you know, the sales, sales leader as well. We want people that understand the people that are actually, you know, the challenges that they that they have and they're actually leading the people um, in the right way. And how are stage and culture connected? Stage and culture are connected um, simply because when you think about culture, culture is the way a company communicates the expectations they have around what success looks like, as an example, or what failure looks like, and what do you do with failure, and how the feedback loop, right? Like all of those things are our culture. Um, you know, frankly, or do, are we in the office? Or are we out of the office? Like, what do we believe in, and what do we? What is our vision for the future? Right? That's culture. And then stage is, um, you know, where are we? Where are we as it pertains to our size, our balance sheet, frankly, um, you know, our resources in terms of uh, people. And I mentioned obviously money. So it goes back to the balance sheet. But like that's stage, even product stage, right? Like where are we with the product, right? Is this thing fully baked? You know, what version are we on? What are, what's the feedback from the customers? What are we what are we getting right now? That That's all stage, right? And I think that those two things certainly come together because the way that you communicate at let's call it an, a, an early stage company may be different or, or certainly is, is different than what you, the way you communicate at a later stage or a company that's at scale and already operating at a high, at a high capacity, right? The way, the way, the way failure, I mean, you failure at a publicly traded company certainly is going to be different than let's say failure at a, at a startup company, right? Because those things, you know, failure at a publicly traded company might be, you know, your 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 stock plummets, let's just say, right? Like Peloton yeah. or something. But the um, but with a failure within a an earlier stage startup could be, could just be like, you know, we had a a marketing campaign 
that failed. It didn't work, but at least we tried. Okay, cool. That's fantastic. At least we know we're not going to, that message doesn't work for that audience anymore. Let's just move on. And we're going to fail at those things like iteratively. And so we, and so we figure it out. Right. So that's, that's what I mean. And, and that all falls under culture. Yeah. 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 Thanks for explaining that. Jay, it's, it's been awesome having you on, um, you know, two, two great topics. If you missed the first one, definitely go check it out. But if there, you know, somebody listening is either, you know, looking for their next role, um, or, you know, looking to hire uh, a go to market, um, you know, person on their team, how would they get in touch with you? What's the best place to get into your world? Sure. I'm always on LinkedIn. So I pretty much live there. So just go to look for J Webb, the goats of growth, um, check out the goats of growth podcast. Of course, the book is coming out. Um, the probably the first end of the first quarter in 2024. And you can find me, um, if you want to email me, it's web with two B's at the J David group.com web at the J David group.com. Awesome. We'll include all that in the show notes to make it easy for people to connect with you, Jay. Uh, if you enjoyed today's episode, please write us a review, share the show with your friends. It helps us reach more sellers and sales leaders to help transform the way that they sell. Mm-hmm.